to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Acts chapter 14, and I am so excited because my friend, who is the coordinator of fundraising operations, which sounds a little stuffy, and she is not at all stuffy. She could also be <laughs> our coordinator of fun, Amanda Nightum. Hi. Welcome, Amanda. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. I've always appreciated when, I think I shared this on a, another chapter, but we do Monday morning devotions with everyone. You work for Faith Radio and for our sister station, KTIS. Mm-hmm. And so together, Monday mornings, we'll do devotions. And I always appreciate your devotions, so I'm excited for our conversation. Thank you. Yeah. So we're talking about Acts chapter 14, and why don't we start out with what stuck out to you? At the very beginning of this chapter, the, the first thing that I underlined in, in so many different spots were the emotions that happened with the, the stirring up of the Gentiles and the Jews and the poisoning of their minds and the um, division and the plotting. And I just can't imagine, you know, what this city must have been like. It, there was all these different factors and, and people groups all fighting for attention and, and position and, and position and, and wanting to be yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this is where they are teaching and preaching and they, they start in the synagogue, which is their tradition, and then and then move out to where people are accepting of them. Yeah, it's interesting to see how they how that has been consistent so far that they start in the synagogue, they start with the Jew first for the Jew and then for the mm-hmm. the Gentile and they keep following that. Yeah. And it is amazing. I just appreciate how no matter what's happening, that they continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Their mission is to tell about Jesus, to tell about the gospel and the way that they do it going into the synagogues, opening the, the scrolls of the prophets and mm-hmm. saying, see this and, and using that as proof this is who Jesus was, that see, the Messiah did have to suffer. He did have to go through yeah. these things. And that's the way that they're presenting it, which I think is so interesting. Yeah. Let's turn to the questions from the study guide. Mm-hmm. Later in the chapter, we see the people conf- mistaking Paul and Barnabas for Roman gods. Why? Let's talk a little bit about why we think that happened. And then, um, yeah, let's just talk about that because it's so interesting. Sure. Well, and, and I thought it was interesting. So so how that came about or the one example that was highlighted in the scripture, um, it said that they were performing signs and wonders. But the one that was kind of given detail was the lame man who had mm-hmm. been that way from birth. And he was listening to Paul and Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. And what a cool parallel. And it, it imme- immediately made me think of Jesus healing the man who was let down from, you know, mm-hmm. the, roof the roof by, by the, the friends who were like persistent and not going to, you know, say, take no. And so this was kind of the one sign and wonder that was highlighted. And the people were just overwhelmed and said, oh, man, we got to take action and, and pay honor and homage. And immediately there their secular gods came to mind and, and they went into action. Yeah. And so they're <laughs> trying to worship Barnabas as Zeus and Paul as Hermes. And I think that their response, Barnabas and Paul's response is so interesting because back in chapter 12, we see we saw Herod Agrippa being praised as the people saying he's he has the voice of a god, not of a man, and he's taking it all in. And then we see him an angel of the Lord struck him with sickness and he was consumed with worms and died. Mm-hmm. And so he's taking all of the praise to himself. And we see something so different from Barnabas and Paul here. 
super humility. And, and really, when you think about it, having this much attention, you know, one could kind of try to turn it to be a good thing. Like, oh, all these, you know, it, more people will come and listen mm-hmm. or, you know, your humanness and your pride could kind of sneak right. its way in. But they, they were super, super convicted and super passionate about saying, no, 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 this is exactly not what we want you to do. <laughs> and how cool that they, they were so persistent and so passionate about sharing about God's testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in the seasons. He provided you with plenty of food that fills your stomach and your hearts with joy. Also a neat thing to think of, of how, you know, God's testimony has always been with us in creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how they're taking the everybody's view on them and trying to turn them mm-hmm. back to see the Lord. But even as they're saying that, that they could scarcely restrain yeah. people from sacrificing to them. Yeah. Wow. So much emotion. There's so much emotional electricity in this chapter. Like it's just from the beginning, all, uh, you know, all the tension and and the the division and and here the the sacrifices and the you know, I mean the harrowing and shouting and rushing and I mean there's just so much electricity going on. Be amazing to to be a part of. Yeah. Well, and to think about that that group. I mean, these are large groups of people, and we mm-hmm. see often. I mean, I, I don't remember what chapter it was. Maybe it's one that's upcoming where. People were, it was the riots, and people didn't even know the riots in Ephesus. It's 19, chapter mm-hmm, 19. Mm-hmm. And people didn't even know why they were rioting, mm-hmm. but they were still a part of it. Like, there's right. just such a group think thing that is happening mm-hmm. with Still groups of happening people. in the yeah, world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. They were human. We are human. Yes. yes. Yep. We are guilty of exactly the same thing. Yes. So interesting to see how that kind of that group dynamic is mm-hmm. is is playing out and how Paul and Barnabas are having such a hard time, like, refocusing that energy. Right. That's an well, audience. And they go from, you know, a couple of verses where they want to offer sacrifices to them. So just a couple of verses later, some Jews came. They, you know, won the crowd over. And all of a sudden, then they, they stoned them. They, they didn't even take them outside of the city to stone them. It was, it was something immediate. that was immediate. Mm-hmm. And, like... Just the turning of the tides is that, you know, that group was so easily swayed in whatever way a couple people had the right words to sway them to. And it's so something that we talked about back in Chapter 12 as well, which kind of feels pertinent here, too, is the the realm of the world and God's the realm of God's kingdom kind of both are going. Mm-hmm. We don't always see what's happening mm-hmm. spiritually, but it's interesting to think about what was happening spiritually here I guess I would say from my vantage point, it seems like there's an evil undercurrent of the people worshiping Paul and Barnabas. And Paul and Barnabas are trying to, you know, fight against that. And then it ends up the evil becomes stronger and actually comes against them and their their person, like right. their, their physical safety. Yeah. So and then the second question is, how does Paul's persecution help form his ministry? Well, I, I just think you know, reading that question made me think of when you are being persecuted or going through a trial, you know, something where you are constantly crying out to God for, whether it's, you know, healing for a loved one or it's just something you desperately need from God, that 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 is the time in your life where you are solely focused on him and it, it consumes you. And, and they have to be consumed of God to be 
in this world, preaching to these people, fighting against this evil current that is, you know, so easily swaying all these people that they, they have to be consumed and focused and in that hard kind of pinched place mm-hmm. so that they're looking to God to be filled and, and revived and to keep moving forward. Yeah, that's one thing that keeps striking me, too, is the the holy the the work and the movement of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and how completely surrendered mm-hmm. these men are. I mean, to continue to to follow. I mean, they get stoned and then get up and leave. Right. They they think that they went. Well, they went back into the city <laughs> and then the next day they left. So, yeah. I mean, that that's a long walk. Right. <laughs> yeah. But then the next day, they preached the gospel in that city, or, or when they arrived there. I don't know how far it was, but mm-hmm. they won a large number of people, you know, to be disciples. But how it's not about them. Like, right. it's not about themselves. It's about where the Spirit is leading them. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps striking me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, so then there must be something. <laughs> this always makes me think that <laughs> there must be something in my life where I'm not surrendering and control has kind of been, been an issue for me mm-hmm. anyway in my life. But I, I'm always struck by how much they don't consider themselves mm-hmm. and they only consider the mission that they have in front of them, which I think is remarkable. And that, that God is leading them so clearly and truly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just they, they know exactly, they're not questioning. They know exactly where they're supposed to go and, and they're going. And they go and do it. Yeah. And the last question is a little bit like what we're talking about in verse 22 talks about experiencing hardships mm-hmm. to enter the kingdom of God. Are you willing to endure hardships for the sake of Christ? Spend time in prayer asking God to meet you as you reflect on this question. So this is an awfully personal <laughs> question. <laughs> how have hardships that you've experienced in your life, how has that informed your relationship with God or how has that affected your relationship with God? Yeah, well, and, and when I think of hardships, I guess what comes to mind, kind of the most recent and, and biggest hardship was my, my father um, had pancreatic cancer. And it was a quick 11 months that we had when we found out he had cancer to when he passed away. And that was a time in my life where I, I had a different kind of focus and a, and a consumedness to, to go after God and to pray on my father's behalf. But also I was filled with such a peace and so much thanksgiving that, that we had time to say goodbye and we had special moments together and we could talk through this with our children and, and really call all those people on the fringes of our life to see that we had this and to welcome them into it and say, you know, if it confuses you that we have peace in this circumstance, talk to us about it. And, and just the sweet conversations we've had with people and the opportunity to use that super hard thing that we would never ask for, but we're given peace in. Yeah, and, and you don't wish that on anyone, but we know that we're all going to go through it. And to really focus on God in it allows you to have that peace that surpasses your understanding. You just don't know why and how it could be there. It, it can only be God. And I can testify to your experience going through that because we were working working together at that mm-hmm. time. And I remember so those Monday morning devotionals, mm-hmm. I did one on surrender. Okay, I'm seeing mm-hmm. a common theme <laughs> coming back. But it was Jesus praying in the garden and how mm-hmm. he's, take this cup, take this cup, take this cup, not my will, but your will be done. And so that was my devotional. And so then when, after we do have a devotional, then we go to prayer. Okay. And the prayer, one of the prayer requests that day was for your father, mm-hmm. who was still battling. And I remember because, I, because of what we just had just studied, 
And every prayer request that we had that day, we would pray for it and then say, but not our will, your will be done. And I remember coming to praying for your dad and praying for your dad and crying through it and then Mm -hmm. saying, but not our, not our will, your will be done. And going up to you after and apologizing because Mm -hmm. it felt insensitive to me because it can be when you're in the midst of that, Mm -hmm. say when my mom died of cancer, it can be really hard and a tender place and I remember you saying, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. Yep. And so I can testify to the peace that you had mm-hmm. in that time. And it doesn't mean there's not tears and heartache and burden, but it's amazing how that peace can just cover all of it at the same time. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amanda, for coming and spending some time with us talking about this. I Angela, appreciate it. Thank you for all you do. You are just such a bright light in the office and... I I just love seeing how God uses you here. Thank you you for joining us for Acts chapter 14. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we will see you next time for Acts 15. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com. Oh, 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 oh,